This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I wanted to mention this uh, just quickly. Uh, we saw earlier this week that there were rumors about Shohei Otani possibly joining the Yankees, and I just don't see it. What I would love, and the, the Otani left the game last night again with the blister, so things are just coming apart uh, for the Angels. But it was just so interesting to me uh, that as soon as Trout got hurt, the conversation went immediately to they should trade Otani. I would love for a smart baseball mind to explain to me why the Angels wouldn't have been buyers at the deadline. Trout is coming back. They still have a shot at making the playoffs. You go on the run. And you look at what the returns are going to be. Is there really a package available right now that would make it worth losing a guy you are never going to be able to replace? It just sounds silly to me that a team with two of the best players in baseball would be selling. You have an otherworldly talent, and instead of trying to add around him, we immediately went to they should sell because there's no chance he's re-signing here. Well, maybe if you had built the team correctly and you got to the playoffs and he tasted some success— you could possibly convince him that this is the place where he can just not just increase his star power as an individual, but go out there and, and maybe win, win a championship. But they've just done such an awful job putting that team together. But as far as the Yankees being involved, I, I said this in hour one. Every year there's a name, be it, you know, remember Garrett Cole when he was in Pittsburgh. They didn't trade for him. Verlander, when he was leaving Detroit, didn't trade for him. Cliff Lee, all those years ago, didn't trade for him. Juan Soto last year. Luis Castillo last year. Every time there's a big name, you end up with, you know, the Joey Gallows and the Frankie Montases and Scott Efros, and that's supposed to be uh, the splash that's going to take them to the next level. Uh, until I see them actually go out there and get a big name, uh, I'm not going to believe it. 800-919-3776. Another thing, I was just talking to Chantel during the break. It's so funny how sensitive MJ fans are. The minute you mentioned the LeBron MJ thing, which I didn't, I didn't bring it up. A caller did. Uh, he he brought it up because of the ESPY speech that LeBron had this past week. This, this, the moment you mention that, MJ fans get all sensitive, as if I'm being disrespectful. All I'm saying is that the, the guy that you revere and for a while was the greatest player in NBA history, I think he's second. That's not disrespectful. That's not distasteful. That's not a hot take. I just think he's Le- LeBron's better. Uh, n- nothing wrong with that, but that y'all generation, man, y- y'all old heads just be just you know mad over nothing. You mad or not? Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go back to the phone calls. We go to uh, Harlem. Speaking of you know sensitive MJ fans, let's go talk to Floyd real quick. What's up, Floyd? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. What I like to say is about LeBron. LeBron, LeBron James is one of our greatest players of today. Now, statistically, I would put Chamberlain on top because there, there is nobody that's going to average what he averaged, and 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 nobody going to get the, the rebounds that he's he's gotten. He may not have as many championships, but you got to look at the goat. But that's the thing, Floyd. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Chamberlain has the, the, the counting numbers, but it is viewed as a disappointment that he only won two championships. Right. And, and see, fortunately, 
And, and if you ask me, I think Kyrie Irving should have got MVP of that championship that they won in, stop in, in Cleveland. Stop it. Floyd, stop it. Yes, I do. Yes, I stop do. Stop it. Um, um, stop it. Um, what's his name? Um, LeBron played a hell of a game, but but Kyrie Irving played a hell of a game, too. And he played yeah. against Curry, and he shot him down. He killed him. Yeah, I'm sorry, Floyd. I appreciate the call. Uh, but the one shot's not winning you a finals MVP. Uh, come on. You you watched the entirety of that series. And Kyrie, actually, when they, the first four games was not really good, not really all that good. LeBron averaged damn near 30-11-9. And you want to tell me he wasn't the MVP? I'm, I cannot take that call seriously. Let's go to Steve in Westchester. What's up, Steve? Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked it. You liked it? Hey, Ty. You liked it, Steve? What'd you like, Steve? I, what, what, what was good? You, know you, you, you are the best. My, my <laughs> question is, uh, at the deadline, are you a buyer or a seller for the Yankees? If so, who are you buying and who are you selling? Thank well, you. Well, listen, I, I, I appreciate the call and the love. I, it's hard to look your captain in the eye as he's returning and say we're going to be selling at the deadline. He, as the, you know, leader in the locker room feels like you add me to this team we can make a run hard to look him in the eye and, and say we're selling at the deadline that's sending a, a, a bad message especially when you're this close you're two games out of a playoff spot i can listen to an argument for you being a seller because this you know i don't i don't think they're going anywhere but it's it's i, I just can't see it happening the the admission that, that also is an admission of failure on the part of Brian Cashman, and he's got such an ego. I, 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 it would be hard for me to believe that that's going to happen. As far as who am I buying, the obvious names. You, you check in on, on Otani. Jeter mentioned during the postgame at the All-Star game uh, he would love to see if the Padres fall out of it in the West, them go after Soto. You check in on Cody Bellinger, who I, I said during the show has been lighting the Red Sox up. Uh, hitting three home runs and five at-bats. He fills a need, a glaring need in left field. He's a power hitter, lefty at Yankee Stadium. So those are the names that I'm looking at if I, if I had to go in that direction. Dave in Brooklyn wants to talk uh, basketball. What's up, Dave? What's going on, Ty? Good talking to you, man. Good to hear you. What's I'm good? glad that you're actually – we can agree on something finally. I mean, because honestly – the reason why you got so many people calling up hating on LeBron is because he ain't never played for the Knicks. David, <laughs> what Knicks fans been beasting? They've been wanting him so bad. Now it's too late now. And the thing is, when you hear about people saying about Jordan and LeBron, I'm gonna tell you one thing. You see how LeBron plays right now at the age of 38. Now put Michael Jordan at the age of 38 in the NBA. I guarantee you. There's no way, no how that Jordan is better than LeBron. You, that man could not even run down the court last time I checked when he was playing on the Wizards. So on I, the Wizards. I, I honestly, Listen, Dave, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Dave. Here's the thing. You know the rules. There are certain years of, of that man's career that just don't count. Like, you know, he came back. We could talk about the double nickel that he dropped at the Garden. Can't talk about how he got bounced in the second round. And then, uh, obviously, after he, you know, hit the shot, retired on the, the, the second of the three-peat, can't talk about what happened in Washington because he was too old. But 
LeBron in year 20, oh, man, got swept out of the Western Conference Finals. Could never be my goal. We know how the rules of engagement work when it comes to this conversation. So you can't be surprised, Dave. Still, but he still dropped 40 points. Exactly. And that's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, on that last game, he dropped 40 points. Your man AD couldn't do nothing. I, I, he looking at him like, yo, like, you can't, you can't be part of the team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and LeBron, put, he, that first half, you seen what he was about. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, he ran out of gas. Of course. He's going to get tired. You know what I'm saying? Because he's look like the age he is. And you can only, you know what I'm saying? That's why I appreciate greatness. You understand? And yeah, when he, everybody knows LeBron is corny. Of course. Everybody, from his speeches, <laughs> you know, it's just, that's just who he is. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to, that's how you know he, he, he doesn't try to act like some, somebody he's not. Because you already know when he gets on that microphone, He's going to say something corny. That's just who he is. <laughs> oh, he's going to throw up an IG video, you know, him <laughs> rapping to lyrics he don't know. I mean, come on. What are we doing, bro? Appreciate the call, Dave. What are we doing, my man? Uh, let's go to Queens, and we talk to Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, how you doing, Ty? Doing well, man. What's going on? Uh, when you said earlier about the difference between George and Hal Steinbrenner, well, I was... I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm 64, and I don't know if you noticed or not, but and you know what what George Steinbrenner used to do? He would get what superstars available during free agency I could get. That's how he got Reggie Jackson. That's how he got Dave Winfield, Goose Gossage. I think even also Catfish Hunter. But see, and trade away some farm prospect for it. But when George was suspended from tampering by the commissioner, that's when the the Yankees got their core four, Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, and Andy Pettit. So they were allowed to develop and come into the system. Was me, Mariano. Jordan. Yeah, you mean Mariano. Mariano. But That's, I, the yeah. That's the one. Yeah, I, I get you, though. Yeah, I get yeah. you. So when he came back, they were too good to be traded. But if George didn't, didn't have that suspension, he may have traded away those guys, traded away those guys, for some superstar, and we wouldn't have had those guys as Yankees. So I think when mm-hmm. you look at Hal Steinbrenner, and then you see a big payroll does not even really put you in the playoffs these days. I think that was a different era, and it kind of worked back then. But Hal is more of a businessman than his father. His father wanted to win, no questions asked. Hal Steinbrenner is more of a businessman, so we got to look at the profit margin. I think he wants to win just as much as his father, but his process. He doesn't want to burn a lot of money. Just like somebody said earlier on the show, I listened to Shohei Sane, you pay him $600 million, he blows out his elbow, he's gone for a year and a half. Now he's doing just cutting checks, cutting checks, and no production. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's – yeah, no, I feel you, and I appreciate the call. It, he runs it more like a business where, you know, George, as I, as I said time and time again, that losing destroyed him. How comes across as someone who is comfortable with the Yankees being a, a team that profits as good or better than anybody, selling out the stadium, ratings on yes are tremendous. That's a win. That's a success for them. Whereas, the, you know, the father comes in and says, wait, we haven't won a championship in 14 years? What are we doing here? I'm scared to take this next call 
because the name says Booby. I don't know if it's Booby or Bobby. I hope I'm getting your name correctly. Booby in Long Island. Uh, you're on uh, the Gordon Damon Show. What's up, Booby? Hi, how are you? Uh, did you ever watch my? I don't know how old you are, but did you watch Michael Wait, Jordan first. play the playoffs year? I'm sorry. First off, hang on. So, want, what's your okay. name? What's your name? I want to make sure I got your uh, name Bobby, correctly. Bobby, Bo- Bobby, Bobby. Okay, Long Island. there we go, Bobby. There you go. There we go, Bobby. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I just want to know. Um, I don't know how old are you, but did you watch Michael Jordan play in the playoffs every year? Uh, for 15, you know, back in the nineties. In the 80s, did you watch him play in the, in the clutch? Well, I mean, listen, I understand LeBron is number two. There's no doubt about it. And he's close to guy because what he's done. He still hasn't won any championships since stage of 35, which was Jordan's last championship. Now, um, you know, in the clutch, I mean, there is no comparison. I mean, I know he said some clutch shots, but, I mean, in the beginning years of LeBron, I mean, he would hide in the corner in the first NBA final against Dallas in the fourth quarter. If you remember, he didn't even want to shoot the ball. And the year before that, one on Cleveland and Boston, he, 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 again, did not shoot the ball. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, he's definitely close to that because what he's doing at, at an older age. I'm not, but he could never be as good as Jordan. But Jordan was so much better in the clutch. If you watch those games, he carried those ball teams. Hang on, hang on. Uh, can I ask you a question? So y- what you're sure, saying to sure. me is that LeBron wasn't clutch? Or is not I'm clutch? Not saying, I'm not saying he wasn't clutch, but not nearly as clutch as Jordan. Okay, there were a lot of moments. There were moments where he didn't You do realize, Bobby, Bobby, you do realize. Because sometimes what happens is, like, someone says something, a lot of people repeat it, and because so many people have repeated it, it, it oh. makes it true, even though it's not true. You said well, you know, you know, on, he was. Video, well, listen, lie. listen, 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 Bobby, Bobby. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Uh, so in that series against the Celtics, you realize LeBron averaged forty. You say LeBron's not clutch. You go to the twenty thirteen finals. The game seven ended with LeBron hitting a jump shot over Kawhi. Twenty sixteen no, finals. Not, Kyrie hits the shot. Hit LeBron hits shot. a clutch free throw. I, agree. I mean. Guess who has the most playoff buzzer beaters in NBA history? That's LeBron James. Like this idea that he's not clutch just because Skip Bayless tweets it doesn't make doesn't make it true. No, but I'm just saying I'm not talking about Skip. But I'm talking about what I see in the beginning years of you know of LeBron when he was on Miami and a 2010 conference uh, semifinal against Boston. I mean, he, he averaged did, he 40 in that series the- though. He didn't want to what? shoot, but he averaged I'm 40. So he didn't want to shoot, but he I'm, averaged 40. So imagine if you wanted to I'm shoot. Could have averaged 60 or 70. Come on, Bobby. What are we I'm doing? Does not make sense? Uh, but, uh, but you compare him to Jordan, okay? I mean, Jordan was a, is another level. I'm sorry. I mean, listen, okay. I'm not saying LeBron's number two. I mean, he's close. I'm not saying he's not close, but he's not. I mean, the clutch, you know, no one was good as Jordan. Maybe Jerry West, Reggie Miller. Robert Horry, you know, guys like you know, hit a lot of clutch. Now, LeBron hit a share of clutch shots, but not not like Jordan has. That's why I put I see the difference. Okay. He ha- you're right. He has, and I appreciate the call, even though he's all-time leader in playoff buzzer beaters. Uh, but you're right. Not not as clutch. 800-919-3776. Uh, we do have to get to the Saquon Barkley conversation. Jordan Renan is going to join us at 430. Your call's coming up. If you're there, I'll take you once we get back. Right here on 987 ESPN. Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked it. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Go to Anthony in the mail truck who wants to talk some baseball. Let's get us back on track. I don't want to really do LeBron MJ stuff, so let's get back on track. Uh, what's up, Anthony? Ty, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing a lot better that I'm hearing from you, my man. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> 
big, big shout-out to the company. So, uh, for one, I know you don't want to talk about LeBron and, and uh, Jordan, but you're 100% right with everything you've said on uh, LeBron. Um, anyway, getting back to my baseball point. And, by the way, the, the caller two callers ago about the whole George Steinbrenner and, you know, he probably would have sold off the team, I never thought about that. And that was like a – I actually said out loud in my mail truck, I'm like, wow. Like, that could have actually happened. Like, Jeter could have been traded or Mo yeah. could have been traded. You know, that would have been crazy. But I got a hypothetical for you, Ty, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. And, um, you know, I'm listening to the show, and in my head I'm like, all right, so the Angels are going to trade Otani. So that's great and everything, right? So they trade Otani. Um, they get back, you know, the, the farm. They get everything. Um, but after Otani, you're not going to compete. After that, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're yep. gonna have to have a come up. With that being said, what in what world do we live in that Mike Trout could also be traded from the Angels? I understand his his injury history. I understand his chronic back issue. I get all of that. Um, but when does he put his foot down like Dame should have done five years ago and say, "I want to play in the playoffs. I've played one series in the playoffs, and I'm." the best player walking on the planet. Not right now, obviously, with Judge and Otani being in the league. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that and see if you can elaborate a little bit. Appreciate you taking the call, brother. You have a great week. Well, listen, thanks for making it. I, I think it's a great point. The Angels right now in their last 10 games are 1-9. and nine. They've lost six straight. And two games under five hundred. it looks like it's not going to happen. So to your point, it would make sense that if you're going to sell – and get rid of a guy who you could make a legitimate argument is the most talented player we've ever seen. If if that is your, if that's the decision you're about to make, you're not just punting on this season. You're punting really on your your near future. So you might as well go out there and see what you can get for Trout. That has to happen. If you're trading Shohei, now it, uh, part of it is the impending free agency. I, I don't think we'd be having this discussion if he wasn't up for a contract next year and all the writings on the wall weren't, you know, he's departing for greener pastures. But if you're going to trade him, I think you, you you have to see what you could get for Trout as well. Henry's in Woodside wants to weigh in. What's up, Henry? How you doing? What's up, man? Doing well. What's going on? All right, all right. I was just calling. I know you didn't want to. You don't want to speak about the LeBron, but I, I had called up um, at that time. Uh, my point is, is I think I'm, and I'm a Nick fan, so I'm not a Jordan loyalist or anything like that. Uh, but my point is, I think Jordan is better and more of the goat, even though you can't compare eras, just because of his uh, the finisher mentality that he had. And I understand that. LeBron had has a finisher mentality now, but it took him joining one of his best friends to convince him to have that killer mentality, which is Dwayne Wade, which he said it in interviews before. Um, and LeBron has admitted to that much. I think Jordan has accomplished more in shorter amount of time, and I don't, he he didn't have to jump ship. So well, he, here's the thing, Henry. You know, yeah, I, when, pe- when people make that argument where he didn't have to leave Chicago, he didn't have to when Phil Jackson's your head coach, when you're playing with Scottie Pippen, and, and you got here comes Dennis Rodman. Like, it's hard. You don't have to leave. You were in a great situation that you obviously made a lot better because of how talented you are, and you were the you know, best player in the league by far. 
But, you know, comparing what he had in Chicago versus what LeBron had with, you know, Booby Gibson and Larry Hughes and, you know, Zadrunas Ogowskis in Cleveland and Mike Brown as his head coach, with all due respect to Mike Brown, was the coach of the year last year. Um, it's it's hard to really make that argument, in my opinion, Henry. Yeah, but um, also at the same time, um, when he was with Cleveland, you know, basically it was a, a free run to to the to the championship in the in the East. I mean, it was Not always really. said. I, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, it, it was, it's always been said that way. And I believe, uh, from what I've seen, I believe he, you know, the East was a free for all during those during those during those years. You mean in the early part of his career? I mean, I don't. I don't in the early part of his career, yes, correct. Uh, so like once he got past the Pistons in 2007, you mean? Because the Pistons were you know a championship team that every year was was going to the conference finals, and then he knocked them out of the playoffs in 2007, gets to the finals, and then obviously we saw the big three in Boston come, you know, Orlando with correct. Dwight in his prime. So I, the early part of that, and I appreciate the call. I'm up against the clock. Uh, you want to say it's a free fall? Was it more wide open? Sure. I just don't think his team was good enough. And I, look, if you want to hold against him, the fact that he didn't win enough early, sure. It's just that for the better part of what the last decade plus, he's been winning championship after championship. And I know people don't want, want to count the bubble, which is why I found it so fulfilling. The final four this year, conference finals, same four teams from the bubble. There goes that bubble argument. Jordan Renan's up next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Driving home, listening to my guy on that. He's doing his thing. Later on at some point, I got to get to your top five MVP rankings because I got some questions. But uh, before we get there. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Before we get to that then, let, let let me get to this. I can't believe you backed Chris Carlin's terrible naps oh. are bad take. Come on. Dude, let me it's, tell you, it, you're it, a little young. I never napped in my life. I hated napping. When you get a little bit older, give, me, give it like five, ten years, Ty, you're just going to sit down on that couch. You want to shut your eyes for five or ten minutes, you're going to change, you're going to change your tune. I'm telling you. I know, but I, I, maybe I will get there at some point, but he's so right. Like, you, you, you talk yourself into this nap is going to be in my best interest. You wake up, you feel, like, even more tired than you did prior to the nap, and now it's 2 o'clock in the morning because you can't sleep. So you've reset the whole thing, got to be up early, got two kids. So I, that's that's why I, I side on it. But maybe one day I'll yeah, but you'll, but you'll be able person. to sleep. You'll just be able to absorb the extra sleep, and you'll love it. I'm telling you, you're going to regret we'll that take. You're going to regret it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, Monday coming up is the deadline for the Giants and Saquon Barkley. You've been talking about this all week. And, you know, Giant fans, some may have anxiety. Just what is the latest? What are you hearing? What do you expect to happen ahead of that, that important deadline on Monday? Yeah, I mean, look, I probably came into this week thinking, uh, you know, deep down that I thought they were more likely to sign an extension than not. And as this week has gone along and as I've talked to people from both sides, you come to the realization, you know what? It's probably more likely they don't, you know, sign an extension at this point than they do. I mean, I, they need to make significant progress here in, the, what do we got, 48 hours, basically, to 
in order to get a deal done. So I don't think it's going very well. And yet, the more you think about it, they started negotiating essentially at the bye week in November. We're nine months later. Okay, They haven't made much progress for the first eight months and like 28 days. All right. How optimistic should should I be, or how should you be, that all of a sudden the last two days they're going to bridge that gap that obviously exists? Do we know what exactly is keeping them apart? Obviously, it comes down to guaranteed dollars, but what gets so confusing yeah, to me, it. yeah, but what gets so confusing to me is you'll see a number reported, like you know Mike Florio will have something, or you know any you know big time. Uh, someone reporting news will, will put something out. Saquon's got the that, that's cap on, on on Twitter. So what exactly is going on here? Is there a number that we know uh, where they're apart? Yeah, here's the number that matters, right? $22.2 million, okay? That's the franchise tag this year, and then the Giants have an option to franchise them tag again next year. 120% of $10.1 million is $12.1. Add them together. $22.2 million. This generally applies to anybody on the franchise tag. If you do not get to that number, it's not it's, it, the, the player is not even really going to contemplate it. It's not worth their while, right? They could play for the $10 million this year, insure themselves for like, you know, the, the, the $10, $12 million next year, and then get the free agency possibilities the next year. Or if Saquon has an awful year, he's still getting what? six million dollars next year like and that would be like the worst 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 case scenario for him like if he was terrible and awful right so it doesn't it's it, like that's only a few million dollars for him there like his worst case scenario is to lose a few like what two million dollars if the, if the giants are offering or three million dollars if the giants are offering 19 like so is it really worth signing that deal no the answer is no so 22.2 million dollars and here's what i know i don't know what the exact number is I know it's been reported 19 and a half. I've heard that refuted. All I know is, and I know this for a fact, it has not reached $22.2 million in guaranteed money. So unless it gets there, it doesn't serve the player right uh, well to take that deal. And on the converse, the team doesn't want – they're probably already stretching themselves for what they think the running back is worth, right? And they're like, we're perfectly fine having him play on $10.1 million. We'd rather him go to year by year and play on $10.1 million. So where's, the, where's their motivation to really up that ante even more? So can I just push back on something real quick? Because like we keep assuming that it's back-to-back franchise tags. So that totals $22 million. He gets franchised this year and, uh, you know, I don't know, gets hurt because we've seen that happen in the past. No guarantee he's lined up for the 22 M's. And it's not like we're just coming out of thin air and saying, what if he gets hurt? He has an injury history. So it's not like that far-fetched. That's why I, I don't understand why it, it, you know we're just penciling him in for the 22, minutes, the 22 million. And it would be you know uh, malpractice from him to accept that, anything less than that. That's, I guess, where I'm getting confused. Explain that to me again. I got lost a little bit there. So... So we're saying that it has to start at twenty-two million guarantees because that's yeah. what he would get in okay. in consecutive franchise tags. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But that's assuming that he goes out this year and doesn't get hurt because what happens is what happens if he gets hurt, and they don't have to yeah, franchise him it. again. 
So he could essentially insure himself for that difference, right? If he has a catastrophic injury, he could insure himself for that difference. So, like, he's going to get that money if, if he does get that. So unless you're really offering him something more than that, then where's the, where's the benefit for him? You get what I'm saying? Like, guys insure themselves all the time. He could basically insure himself on catastrophic injury, right? Like, you're assuming, let's say, mm-hmm. he does something and he, he legitimately can't play. So he, he, in his mind, he like a player's mind, they basically are guaranteed. They, they're guaranteed most of that money. Like, should something terrible happen? Now, let's say he gets injured, plays poorly. Like, he's still going to be able to get a contract next year, right? Like, Saquon mm-hmm. plays poorly. He, he comes back and he, he plays playing next year. Somebody's still going to give him five or six million. So if you're offering him 17, 18, 19, 20 million dollars, you're only talking about a few million dollars difference, which. For him, he, like he's going to accept that offer for a few million dollars. No, he he sees the high side of it. He says, if I play great, I'm going to make significantly more than you know 19 million, right? Because let's say he gets to 10 million this year, plays well, gives the Giants hell, hits free agency, he's going to get a deal worth 20 something million dollars guaranteed next off season, right? And so now he's got 30 million dollars guaranteed in two years instead of 19 million dollars guaranteed. I don't know. We're talking did, to Jordan. Did, did you stay yeah, with I follow. There? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. follow. I, I get you. We're talking to Jordan Renan covers the Giants. All right, so let's play this game. Assuming the quote unquote worst case scenario happens, they don't get a long term deal. He gets franchised. A, what does it mean for this season? Because we saw the rumors that he could sit out or at least sit out week one. And B, what does it mean for his Giants career after next season? Yeah, well, it's the beginning of the end if he if they don't sign him to a long term deal. Like, he's not ha- going to be happy playing on the one year on the one year franchise tag. Uh, he's going to do everything possible to get himself out of there after this year. Now, of course, the Giants have that option, but you know he can make their life pretty miserable, and there there'll be a point of diminishing returns, right? If you have an unhappy Saquon Barkley, actually, if you want to look at what an unhappy Saquon Barkley was, who's you know, kind of just moping around, go look at the end of the 2021 season. When he admitted he played very poorly, like things weren't going well, he was banged up, he's coming back from the knee injury. Like, and you saw his performance, as a result, not be what you wanted. Now, the, the other part of this is, well, does he sit out this season? The, which, for 600K a game, Ty, I know you're big money, but you're going to turn down <laughs> 600K per game? Each yeah, game, nah. no, and neither is Saquon Barkley. That would be, you know, he's already out here on the Twitter streets, you know, tweeting, subtweeting, putting caps out there. Uh, doesn't like that he's being portrayed as greedy. Like, he he's not going to sit out the season. Like he that he's not he's not going to get you know put himself in that position. But he could make a point. And I heard Mike Tannenbaum say this this morning. I believe this is what his point was on uh, Sports Center this morning. Like he could show up which is the likelihood you won't see him until September, show up like a week before the season and be like, yo, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready physically to play week one against the Cowboys. You know, it's just kind of skirt, like the potential getting fined in that position and just say, hey, look, here's my point. You, you, you guys think you, you don't need me? You guys think you don't need to invest long term? Go out and play on national TV against the Cowboys defense. Week one, right, in MetLife Stadium, on Sunday night in front of the entire nation, and – you play with a backfield of Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell, and uh, Eric Gray. Okay, see how good see how good you guys are going to be offensively without me. 
I hear that. My question to you is because, you know, you've got a ton of experience, obviously. You're in these locker rooms with the players. What kind of message does it send to, to your teammates if you're Saquon and that's the method you're going with? How does how do they react to that? You, I think teammates generally back other guys when it comes to them and their money. I do. I mean, because it's not like Saquon has been rewarded and they already, you know, took care of him. No, he, he you know, uh, played out his contract, you know, even the fifth-year option of it. And granted, he made a lot of money because the running backs and their drafted as high as he do make, make a lot of money. But I think players generally tend to side with players. My concern is, and this is the one thing, and look, I'm with Joe Shane on the fact that I don't want to pay running backs. The only thing he's flirting with here, you're walking a fine line between, you know, potentially tearing up the locker room, having a device of force in the locker room, and unhappy Saquon, who, by the way, is one of the most respected players in that locker room. Like, that's the, that's the downside here. Like, on a business perspective, of course you don't sign a running back. Look at what's going on in this league. But there's more to it. Like, if you have an unhappy Saquon – you know, and, and that and he's chirping in the locker room all the time about, you know, his contract and not being happy. Like that could definitely be detrimental to your season. Yeah, I agree. Jordan, I, so quickly, just give me your cuz you guys did an exercise on the show yesterday. You were filling in for Greeny. Your top 5 okay. MVP candidates going into the season. Okay. Now, I threw in number 5 because I did not want to do this list and basically make it top 5 quarterbacks. So I insisted for my own well-being that I was going to put a defensive, a non, non-quarterback in the list. So number five, I went with Michael Parsons because to me he was the guy. I was actually going back and forth between him and Miles Garrett. Like he's the guy where I could see him like getting the credit over the quarterback on his team because that Dallas Cowboys team. First of all, the conference stinks, right? The, the NFC is is bad. All the good quarterbacks are on the other side. So I could see the Cowboys' path to being really good or a top team in the conference in that Michael Parsons dominates. And then I believe I went Joe Burrow four, Jalen Hurts three, or I might have – did I flip them around? I can't remember off the top of my head. And number two, I went Josh Allen and because I just think everyone's going overboard on the Josh Allen hate right now. Dude accounted for more than 40 touchdowns last year between passing and running. I get it. He threw a lot of bad red zone interceptions, but it's not like he has a track record or history of that. So I think Josh Allen easily can be an MVP caliber player. Number one, I mean, come on. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes, you should just give up on this profession, in my opinion. <laughs> so two things. Josh Allen uh, did almost lose so wait, a playoff game where's, to Skylar Thompson. Uh, yeah, I'll get to that. But Josh Allen almost lost a playoff game at home to Skylar Thompson, then got routed by Joe Burrow, who you have on this list. Uh, two things. So the the I, I like this has become a quarterback award. If I think the Cowboys yeah. are in real trouble, if Micah Parsons is their MVP, and I get how great he is, he's he's a phenomenal defensive player, and I understand the impact he has on that team. But if he's their MVP, it it might mean that Dak's got that turnover issue that he he was plagued with last year. So the Cowboys might be in trouble. My biggest issue, though, what where if, the hell is Aaron Rodgers? They're winning like twenty to seventeen every week, and he has seventeen or eighteen or twenty sacks. I get, I hear that, but it, it it would still be a little close because Dak is you know twenty points is not a lot in the NFL you know these days, but yeah. Dak still has to play well in order for them to be winning games every week. And if it's close, you're going to give it to the quarterback. That's just how it works now. 
but I, I think they'd be in a lot of trouble. Where's Aaron Rodgers in I his top five? I could take that. I could take that criticism, by the way, because like I, I wouldn't have put him there if I didn't insist on putting a non-quarterback. But yeah, so I thought about Aaron Rodgers. I thought about it, but to be honest with you, and I know he's going to get all the credit if the Jets are good, uh, and that's just the natural, you know, the way the NFL works, right? It just, it just is. So I decided to leave him off. Only because, and, and I'm actually a big believer in that he's going to play well and have a good year and the Jets are going to be good. I just, I just think he's a little bit on the decline. Like, I think the days of seeing MVP Aaron Rodgers are likely over. Like, he, he's, he's a great player. He's just not an all-time great player anymore. So that was kind of my line of thinking on that. And plus, the division is just so hard. I, I, it's hard for me to get on board with the Jets being like a 12-win team. It's so good. It's it's actually terrifying. You know, I'm a Jet fan. It's terrifying. You know, if Tua stays healthy, we saw last year how great they were. I want you know, to put when he Tua on, on the there field. too, by the way, as like a surprise guy. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think that you know, I wanted to put Tua on there. Like, okay, you know what? You know, they can if he does stay healthy. Like, he's gonna get all the credit, man. And uh, but like again, that division scared me. And also, I really just wanted to make the point that Josh Allen, everybody's going overboard about how. Turnovers, I mean, can, can, can overrated. We, like, come on, listen, man. listen, Jordan. Can can this guy Good. get 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 pat? He's got one title game appearance in his career, and we want to pretend he's the he's the greatest thing. You know, he's the greatest thing happening in football right now. That's all we're asking. I mean, he took for over all the a hype, terrible franchise. They were awful for how long? They couldn't even make the playoffs for I years and years and years. Made, like, can we one get playoff where it was like Tyrod? I get it. I get it. But we're t- we have like people have him in the same breath as Mahomes and Burrow. Mahomes is winning championships. Burrow got to a Super Bowl. I, I think yeah. Josh Allen's beneath them. He get get past if, the championship. One championship game. On Burrow, if you picked me apart on having Burrow but lower than Allen, I would have accepted that too. Like I get it. I you know I I I really wanted to put Burrow second for a second, and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna shake it up, and make it a little different here. I like it. Jordan, listen, really, we connected, really we bonded, we bonded. I hope you continue to do shows. Maybe we could do a show together. That would be fun. That yeah, should happen at some there point. There we go. I'm in. I'm in. We Jordan do that and Ty, let's do it. Man, appreciate the love. Appreciate the love, man. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Yeah, I'm always here for you. We'll do it again soon, man. Thanks, bro. That was Jordan Renan. He does a great job covering the Giants. Monday's going to be interesting. We talk about it next. We get to the Jets as well. We still got a lot to get to. Uh, phone lines continue to blow up. 800-913-776. We're back in a flash. Sizzling right here on 98.7 ESPN.